Welcome to the Lookout Post. This is B. Nevelin, your host. I'm so glad you could join me. Tonight's title episode is The Unseen Realm of Angels and Demons. Of course, I realize that this is not the most popular or common topic, and uh, it's not the average topic. We already know that this is not the average podcast, first of all, but this topic right now is not your average topic, obviously. This was actually a special request from a good friend of mine. Um, You know, at times, sometimes we would discuss paranormal activities, quote unquote, they would call it paranormal activities or things of that nature, things that occurred in his life and mine as well. And I'm sure in millions of others. So knowing that the Bible discusses the spirit world in depth because I've been studying uh, the spirit world for quite a while, maybe a few years now, the spirit world pertaining to the angels and demons and the different duties and the different uh, divisions. And it's, it's a kingdom. It's, it's, it's ran like a government. It's like a government system. So I'm going to try to uh, relate our occurrences to the biblical truth of what really goes on in the spirit world. But before I tackle this topic, I want to put a disclaimer out there that this type of activities, these type of activities and these occurrences are extremely dangerous. These are not, you know, like it would be that uh, commercial that says, don't try this at home. Don't try this at home, really. Not trying to say like I'm a professor or a master but I understand as much as the Bible allows me to understand what goes on and how, you know, things work. But some people dabble into these spiritual practices, thinking that it's harmless, thinking that it's just uh, uh, a benefit to you, you know, that you, whether you, whether you be go before a medium or you go before a sorceress or you go before uh, uh, a warlock, a wizard, you know, uh, tarot card readings and palm readings, brujeria, santaria, and all these mystical, all these uh, spiritual interventions that people take on so they can see into the future so they can you know they can communicate with the dead they can communicate with their loved ones so they can communicate with those who have passed so they can gain their knowledge and channel through these people and and they and and people believe that by doing this it makes them a better person it makes them uh, uh supernatural it makes them above the average human being. But the scriptures will show, as it always does, that any time that we use any type of powers or any type of uh, magical, or sometimes people even worship the earth, they worship the earth, they worship the nature. Anytime we do these things and we go against the knowledge of God, there's a scripture that says, cast down all imaginations that exalt the knowledge of God. This is why when we do these things, it's temporary gain. You may gain from these spiritual forces and you may gain but from these the spiritual practices. never, ever worth it. The outcomes can be extremely severe. Because what people fail to realize is no matter what type of magic you're into, 
No matter if you're a wizard or a warlock or a witch, best believe they know who their God is. They know who their real God is. But that's a spirit of rebellion because they rebel against the true living God because they wish for the fast. And this is this is the main reason of, of witchcraft. Witchcraft and magic, the reason people dabble with this is to gain wealth, to gain riches, to gain power, to gain control over people, to, to gain a, 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 an advantage in life. So they dabble with these things. And what they don't understand is, is that they're gambling with their soul. You're playing craps with your soul. Because a lot of these times, some people get so deep that they can't come back. They can't be delivered because they're so deep into the spirit world that they become a demon. Any message that is delivered, it's only delivered by him, by the Lord. I don't come up with these things. I don't just sit around and just pen out different topics. Clear up any misconceptions on the, the things that go bump in the night. You know, I'm sure all of us has experienced those type of uh, paranormal activities, as they would call it. The unknown. You know, the, 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 the UFO, anything that, that we can't pinpoint and we have no direct knowledge of and accurate uh, observations and accurate calculations of these things, they are unidentified objects to us. And they're scary because they're not normal. It's not the average things that you see every day. But I'm sure every single person has seen either a shadow or has seen uh, visions or have seen figures moving or some type of uh, mysterious happening that cannot be explained. But it's happened and you've seen it. You maybe never shared it because you probably thought people would think that you were crazy or... No, you're not crazy. You're not crazy at all. This is what goes on. So knowing that the Bible discusses the spirit world in depth, I took the challenge because society always looks at the unknown as superstitious or related to aliens or, uh, you know, the, the green men with the big eyes which is also a construed name to gain wealth acknowledgement and to instill in, to instill fear into the citizens. So when they make their next move, they can blame it on the aliens. Oh, the aliens and the alien invasion. Remember like that movie? Uh, all the movies, I should say. Every movie that comes out, it's always the aliens, the aliens on the earth. It's always the aliens invading. They always have that in our minds. Keep pumping that in our minds. That aliens, aliens, aliens. So when they're ready to hit that alien button and say, guess what, guys? Oh, oh it's an alien invasion. Oh, my goodness. We go crazy because that's all we know. Since we were kids, we always would sitting around waiting for the alien invasion. And then here it is. After 2020, anything goes, right? So when you hear the alien invasion, like, oh, fear. Fear. The devil feeds off of fear. The more fear he gathers, the bigger he gets. You know, like Pac-Man. 
And when Pac-Man kept keep, kept eating the ghost, baka, 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 the more he ate and the more ghosty guy he got bigger. Man, he turned into Super Pac-Man with the pack with the cape. Since the days of H.G. Wells' novel, War of the Worlds, any shadow or light or any type of form is all automatically chalked up as a UFO. We freak out because we we witness alien activities. You know the meaning. You know what? You know what the meaning of aliens means. This is this is how they get us. They get us with wordplay. The word alien means belonging to another country, coming from another world, differing in nature or from another character. And finally, a foreign-born resident that has not been so-called naturalized and still a citizen of a foreign country. So let's get back to where it says from another world. It says coming from another world. The name alien, coming from another world. So we chalk that up as, oh, yeah, see? That's aliens coming from another world. They're coming from another planet. Here comes the aliens, see? No. Another world is another dimension. Another world is, a, is the different heavens. There's three heavens. There's three parts in heaven. Three parts of heavens, I should say. If the first part, the second part, and the third part, which is only reserved for the Lord, tells you that in the Bible. But they make money off of that image of the, the green alien with the big eyes with a whole bunch of them, a whole bunch of clones talking about take me to your leaner. Come on. Then there's your typical ghosts in the house that come from the dead to haunt you or take back the house that you just bought or that you moved into or run you out of town altogether. Or to scare the living wits out of you. Whatever. Whatever ghosts and aliens do. It's most certainly unknown. As I do for all of my message, messages. I always, before each message, I ask the Lord for knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, and guidance. And on this particular topic, I've also asked for protection. And a coverage for the messenger and to cover the message. In Matthew 13, 18, the Lord explains. Hear the parable of the planter. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not, then comes the wicked one and catches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. But he that receives the seed in stony places, the same as he that hears the word and with joy receives it. Yet has he not root in himself, but for a while when tribulation or persecution arise because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that hears the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches 
chokes the word and he becomes unfruitful. But he that received seed in good ground is he that hears the word and understands it, which after he bears fruit and he bears and he brings forth some hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. So what the Lord is saying is that the enemy comes to take away the word from people who are just learning, people who are not really skilled with the Lord, with the word or skilled with this, with spiritual things. When the word comes to them, they're not skilled with it. So the enemy comes and he steals the seed like a bird. He just comes and he steals the seed. And then the one that received the seed in stony places, you know, stony. So you, you, you got to figure this is God is really talking about planting. So, you know, you can't really plant in stone, right? There has to be salt, nice ground. But if, but this person, the seed were received on stony places. But at the same time, he heard the word and, and with joy, he received it. But it didn't catch root. You see what I'm saying? The Lord said it didn't catch root because it was on stony ground. It endured for a while. But the Lord said when tribulation or persecution came because of the word by and by, he was offended by it. He denied it. He didn't want to hear it. It was too much for him. Then you have the one that received the seed among the thorns. And then one that hears the, the, the word that received the seed among the thorns is he that hears the word and the care of this world. So he hears the word, but yet he's still tangled in the world. So he's kind of like on the fence. You know what I mean? He's, he's up and down. He's not really sure of him. He's not sure if he wants to commit or he's back and forth. He's in, he's out, he's in, he's out. So therefore, deceitfulness of riches, he sees this and, he, and it entices him. It chokes the word. That word that he had in him, you know, how he, he had the zeal for it, but yet he was still on the fence, but he still had the zeal. But the thorns... The thorns is, is the world. The thorns is the world. It choked the word. So now the Lord says that the word becomes unfruitful. It becomes almost to non-effect because it's been choked out by the world. Because he put all his trust and he put all his, his, his uh, dreams and, and his goals in this world. And not on the word that he had received that gave him joy. So it choked it out. And it didn't, it didn't become fruitful. But the one that received seed in good ground. Good ground is that nice soil. You know, that beautiful soil. Is he that hears the word and understands it. Which also bears fruit. So he hears the word, right? He may not understand it at first, but he hears the word and he understands that the word is truth. So therefore, he studies, he discovers, and now he starts to get deeper into the word. Now he becomes fruitful 
the seed is starting to cultivate, you know? The sun is shining on it, and it's growing. It's growing. And the Lord said that he brings forth some hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. But they're bringing forth fruit. The seed didn't just wither. This is why it's extremely important to pray over anything that you're talking about. Your tongue, the the the. The, the power of words is powerful. The words, words have power. So when you say things, when you speak, demons can, can latch on to those things and use them against you. The, the, the spirit world is a world that is powerful. So I went in, I researched, and I discovered, I read books. And so I'm able to uh, share that with you guys. But not only share it with you, but related to the Bible, related to truth. So I'm not going to just speak on things that I've experienced or things that I've heard or just leave it like that. No, we're going to go deep. We're going to look into these things by the way of the word of the Lord. We're going to see what the Lord has to say about these things that we have uh, experienced these things that we're that's occurring in in this world that we live in that we can't explain. We are gonna go to the Father. The Father's gonna explain it to us. I also want to acknowledge the teachings of uh, a great writer, great author by the name of Clarence Larkin, author of the the book titled "The Spirit World." Very detailed, intense, and chilling, eye-opening, awakening book. It reveals the spirit world to you in plain as day. There's certain men that have experienced these things that only the Lord will show. And uh, this, this, this book right here, serious book, so uh, there's a quote from it. I just want to give him some acknowledgement. Uh, but the quote goes... That in my prayer, I will allow who will hear this message that the Holy Spirit will use this as a liberty from spiritism and cause the curious and sorrowing to turn to the word of God for help and the answering, the answer to their questioning. Spiritism is when um, it's the belief and it's the practice of uh, conjuring up the dead to communicate with the dead. Communicating with the dead is forbidden by the Lord. I know there's so many of us who have lost loved ones. I've lost loved ones. Everyone's have lost a loved one. And we wish to communicate by, you know, channeling. Some people want to, you know, they want to channel celebrities or they want to channel very popular and, and, you know, channeling is also is very popular in the black community, unfortunately. They look at uh, summoning our ancestors. They look at that as glamorous. They look at that as uh, a good deed. That's witchcraft. We see that in uh, Black Panther, but all it is really is just black magic, voodoo. And then you got, uh, you got the tarot card readings. Ouija boards, horoscopes, 
and today's scientists are to trying to discover if there is another world out there. And they're also trying to discover if men live after death. If there is any, any possibility of communication of the dead and the living. If there is any uh, uh, bridge between the dead and the living. They, 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 they're checking that out. Good luck with that one, guys. As I've compiled a few true stories from some of my trusted friends and family members and peers. And as well as some of my, of my own. You know, I can remember as a teen growing up. I can recall several encounters with spirits or what society calls ghosts. I can recall a time when, when uh, my uncle had recently passed. And at the time, I was still distraught and really sad. You know, that was my uncle, my uncle Carlos. We were very tight. You, that was my uncle. You know, he, he taught me a lot, taught me how to be a man. Since my, my dad bounced, my uncle taught me how to be a man, you know. I looked up to Unc. So he passed and it was really it was really rough for me. But there was one day though, I popped in the bathroom, you know, real quick. And I put on the light. Then upon exiting, I flicked the light and I seen my uncle's face in the mirror. Boy, I will never forget that day. It scared the living out of me. It wasn't a dreadful fear though. It wasn't like a fear where I was just it was like a fear of like surprise, shock. I was marveled by the image I seen my uncle in the mirror. It was more the fact that it occurred, which was more shocking than anything. So most people will say, okay, so the dead does come back then because you've seen your uncle. Mm, not quite. The word of the Lord tackles it, tackles a similar situation in 1 Samuel 28 verse 7. This is when um, the king of Israel, the first king of Israel, King Saul, when he fell, he fell through his disobedience and he fell through his, his, his arrogance and his pride. Um, he's seen where the war was uh, coming down on him and he's seen where he was falling. He's seen where he, he knew his time was up. So as we go to... Uh, Verse 5, and when Saul saw the host of the Philistines, he was afraid, and his heart greatly trembled. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord answered him not, neither by dreams nor by prophets. Then Saul unto his servants, then Saul said unto his servants, Seek me a woman that has a familiar spirit, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servant said unto him, Behold, there is a woman that has a familiar spirit at Endor. All right, let's stop right there. Does that sound familiar? The Witch of Endor? I can recall what, how many movies have that Witch of Endor in it? Um, I want to say what, so Harry Potter, uh, Witch of Endor, who else? Is that the Lord of the Rings? Um all those mid-age type movies, they all have the Witch of Endor. You know, that's where they always go to get the oracles. They go to get their spirits and they, they go to get their powers and the spirits that they gather up so they can use it in war. The Witch of Endor. <laughs> they got that from the Bible. You see what I mean? 
They take everything from the word of God and use it for entertainment to make money off of the words of the Lord. They've been doing it for centuries and centuries and centuries. But it's not until you start reading and you start to realize like, man, they're just ripping this Bible in half. Just doing it off a monetary gain without even acknowledging the Lord. You know what I mean? But so uh, Saul seek the, the woman. He seek the sorceress, the witch. And in um, verse 11, then said the woman, who shall I bring up to you? And he said, bring me up Samuel. Samuel was the prophet that passed. Samuel's the the prophet that had, uh, he was the prophet to bring holiness and to bring order into the land at that time and to give the word of the Lord at that time. So they all trembled before, before Samuel. Samuel was a very respected man. The prophet, he was a man of God, but he passed. So Saul was looking to get wisdom from Saul, even though, I mean, I'm sorry, Saul was looking to get wisdom from Samuel. Even though he knows Samuel passed, he was hoping that the witch, he knows that the witch can can communicate with the dead, can communicate with the spirits that imitate the dead and tell you that they spoke to, the, to, to who you want them to speak to, but all there are is demons that imitate and tell them what they need to know and they relay it to you. And you say, wow, she's good. But all she did was conjure up a demon. So uh, verse 12, and when the woman saw Samuel, she cried with a loud voice. And the woman spake to Saul saying, why have you deceived me? For you are Saul. The king said unto her, be not afraid. For what, what did you see? What did you see? Saul asked her. I'm paraphrasing. And the woman said unto Saul, I saw God's small g ascending out of the earth. She's talking about demons. And he said unto her, said unto her, what, what form is he of? And she said, an old man coming up and he is covered with a mantle. A mantle is like a robe. And Saul perceived it, that it was Samuel. And he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed himself. Verse 15. And Samuel said to Saul, why have you disquieted me? Why have you disturbed me to bring me up? And Saul answered, I am sore distressed for the Philistines make war against me. And God has departed from me and answers me no more neither by prophets nor by dreams. Therefore, I have called you that you may make known unto me what I shall do. Then Samuel, then said Samuel, wherefore, what is it that you're asking of me, seeing the Lord is departed from you and you have become his enemy? So Samuel saying, the vision that is portraying Samuel is saying, why have you brought me up? You brought me up for this, for me to try to help you in war? The Lord departed from me. Now, with this encounter, a lot of scholars 
have differing, differing opinions. Some say that the witch lied to Saul and told him that it was Samuel. And the demons have the knowledge of who Samuel was and who, what Samuel did. So they gave her the knowledge to give to him because Saul couldn't, couldn't see. He was asking the witch, what, what does he look like? What did he say? So he was inquiring of the witch to give him the answers. So the witch could say anything she wanted to say. Remember, she's a witch. So she, she's not obligated to tell him the truth. So that's one instance where there's communication with the dead. There's another occasion when my, my sister passed. My young sister had passed of uh, cancer. So maybe a week or two after my, she had passed, she was buried. We buried her. My son and I, we went to visit her gravesite. But seeing she was recently buried, her storm was not yet set in. But we remembered the spot, though. So we were kind of in the vicinity. We was kind of fishing around, kind of looking for the, the little uh, mark. You know how they keep the, like the, little, uh, uh, the little wood piece, like, a, the, like the, this little marking, you know? It wasn't really, uh, it was like an empty space. It was outlined. But we kind of remembered. Then as we were bent down looking and observing, a voice asked me, are you looking for the young woman who was buried here a week ago? And without even thinking about it, I answered. I said, uh, yeah, I looked up. I said, yes, I am. And I beheld the old man in a former brown suit. I'll never forget it as long as I live. An old man with a white beard in a former brown suit. Big, big old, long white beard. He had an old station wagon. You know, the, the ones from the 70s with the wood panel on the doors. I'll never, ever forget it. He pointed me to the exact spot where we thought that she was buried. And then when I looked up to thank him, he and the station wagon were gone. Gone. I mean gone. Like, not like, you know, he's down the road and I, you know, whatever. Like, I see him gone. I mean, no dust, no sound, no nothing. He was gone. My son was right there. So I always have a witness. As long as my son and I all around. As long as we around together, he will always vouch for me that he was there. I stood there looking at my son. About He was, uh, what, about seven or eight at the time. And he looked at me. And we said to each other, where is he? Where did he go? As if it never happened. You know, I was frightened and at peace at the same time, you know. Because I was frightened at the the appearance of the of the of the of the being I want to I'm going to call him an angel I was I was frightened at first of the angel but then I was at peace because he meant me no harm and he actually was there to help he was actually to point me out where my sister was it was because of him that I even knew cuz I we we really didn't see it but he pointed out exactly so we knew exactly we was able to visit her. But he, he just vanished, vanished, thin air, vanished. You know, the Bible describes this as being visited by angels. In Luke 1, verse 19, And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God, 
and am sent to speak unto you and show you these glad tidings. So angels are defined as messengers, the messengers of the Lord, the servants and messengers of the Lord to help man. We have another instance of this in um, Psalms 34 verse 7. The angel of the Lord encamps round about them that fear him and delivers them. Then Hebrews 13 verse 2. Now this one is the most common one that, that makes sense. And, and when you look at it now from the perspective of the Bible, it doesn't, it doesn't scare you now anymore. Before these objects and these things, appearances or, or people that come up to you and then disappear, you'll be like, oh my. But in Hebrews 13 verse 2, it says, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. It says, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, because they might be angels is what God's saying. So someone might knock on your door or, I've, I've, you know, heard so many stories and I've even been around people that been in situations where like a car was on fire and moments before it blew up, some man just came out of nowhere and grabbed them. It happened to my brother, my brother and his, and his children. They were grabbed out of a, a, a car. The car was on fire on the highway. The car was in a, in, a, in a blazing inferno. Was it about to blow? And some man out of nowhere, no one knows where this man came from, didn't see him, nothing. Just came out of nowhere, grabbed them, grabbed all of them. They were all in their seatbelts, grabbed each and every one of them, grabbed them out in the nick of time. And as soon as they grabbed them out, the car blew, blew into flames, a ball of fire. It was my brother, his girl at the time, and his two sons. That was an angel. Good friend of mine, uh, he shared some stories with me um, about him and uh, some with his sister. But the ones with his sister, oh, man, hair raising and spine chilling. He shares an account of events that has happened to his sister in which uh, one night, she was asleep and felt a tap on her shoulder, you know. A boyfriend laying next to her. She asked her boyfriend laying, did you just tap me? He said, no, replied mad because he got woken up. The next night, the same thing. She got tapped on the shoulder. He says, no. But he said, this time, she said, I'm sorry, this time. The tap was more like a shove, like a push. And when she glanced, she said she seen an angelic figure with wings. An angelic figure with wings. Can you imagine that? There's no need to say what that is. That's a straight angel in pure form. That angel revealed himself to her in pure form. He also tells me she has tons of stories. So I guess she's experienced this type of stuff all the time. So what that means, I mean, so it seems as though these are angels. These are not demons. So far, what I've 
heard so far, that seems like an angel. There was another occurrence, she said, where um, she came home from work. She started getting ready for bed. And, you know, she went to bed and started to pray. Then she said a bright light appeared from the ceiling being projected to her. She said she started to elevate, like levitate. That's, wow. That's, 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 man. You could say both ways. You could say that's, that's angelic and that's demonic, but we're gonna, we're gonna continue. He also says that she, she's known to have respiratory issues, you know, and that she was struggling to breathe. She said the spirit flipped her over, but she continued to struggle breathing. She said the spirit started to bring her down slowly from the levitation. Nothing violent about the ordeal. She wasn't scared. She wasn't, she wasn't panicked. She wasn't panicking. She wasn't, you know, uh, terrified. It wasn't a terrifying spirit. Said it started to bring her down slowly. And the angel, she said, was pointing to the door, pointing under the door. She said when she seen under the door, it was smoke. But later it turns out that smoke was actually carbon monoxide. This heavenly being made it visible to her, made the gas or the carbon monoxide, made it visible to her. So when the firemen arrived, they confirmed, yeah, that it was in fact carbon monoxide. That angel was sent directly to her to save her life, straight up. There was no other reason why that vision came to her and did those things that it did. It was to save her life. So, so far, these spiritual beings that I'm speaking on, they're for good. They're, they definitely seem like they're definitely, you know, they were, they were sent to do good deeds and sent to help. But then, there are the spirits that are evil, pure evil. And that's how this world is designed. You know how this world, everybody wants to see the villain. Everybody wants to see the evil character. Everybody's rooting for the villain. Nobody wants to see the good one. You know, the spirit world was ripped off by Star Wars, by, Jude, by um, George Lucas. When you think of Star Wars, that's exactly what it is. Good versus evil. The heavenly against the demonic, you know? You have uh, uh, Ben, ben uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Listen to this one. Luke, as in the book of Luke. Luke, one of the 12 apostles. And then Skywalker. What is a Skywalker? Skywalker was someone who walks upon the clouds, right? The, a Skywalker is God, right? A Skywalker. The only person that I can think of who can walk in the sky is God. So, Luke Skywalker, right? So he's the the commander of the let's say that he's the commander of the angels, the good guys. Their job is to help and to save the planet. Then on the other side we have the the big guys, you know, those are the popular guys. Those are the guys that everyone has on their posters and the guys that people have on their keychains and they have have them on their tattoos. No one has the good guys on their tattoos as a tattoo. No one got Skywalker as a tattoo. 
But everybody got Darth Vader. Everybody got Darth Maul. Everybody got the, imp the Emperor. But you ain't gonna see nobody with uh, Chewie or Han Solo. Oh, they might grab Han Solo. But you know what I mean. You get the point. And this is where George Lucas got this from. And it was and it was proved. If you look into it, if you do your research, you'll find out that um, the Bible is exactly where George Lucas got the whole idea from. But we're going to wind down on this episode of the unseen realm of angels and demons. We touched on the angels. We touched on um, the different entities and the different visions and forms and things that go on. The Bible was able to uh, interpret what happens in the spirit world in a good form, in a way that's meant to help man is what the angels do. On the second half, we're going to talk about the dark side. When George Lucas named it the dark side, he knew what he was talking about. So I hope you guys will join me on the next one. As always, God bless you, your families, and cover yourselves in prayer. Because we always want to stay vigilant. And if you're new to this show or you're new to the Bible or you're new to prayer, just pray and ask for guidance and wisdom and he'll show you. Take care of yourself. God bless you.